Good evening, dear listener. Well, 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 it's that time again. Yes, a mere three months after the last one, I think we did back in August. Um, I'm back from my holidays, back from the false world of endless sunshine, zero work, back from sun, sea, sand, and well, more sun. And then I'm also back from the next holiday, which has happened in between, which featured some cooler sun, but mainly featured stunning scenery, the emotional discovering of roots, and plenty of pure Irish Guinness. But even bigger news than that, I think, is the fact that my Chelsea mojo is almost back to its usual bubbling with excitement levels, having been underwhelmed after the, uh, after the, you know, let's bring Conti back for a week, then sack him, and then talk about getting Sarri and uh, and various things like that. Um, so uh, it's all looking a bit more pleasant these days. Um, so, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, lords, ladies, cats, dogs, hamsters, guinea pigs, anybody out there who's listening, this is the podding shed. It's the second one of the season, right? And we edge ever closer, although painfully slowly, towards our centenary episode. This is episode 95, by the way. Um, yeah, so centenary. Um, oh, oh, my word. How time has flown since the days when we were... Well, me and Donald were merely scribes of our equally bijou Chelsea blog. Um, long lost days, eh, Donald? It's like looking back at an old black and white gift of yourselves, isn't it, when you think back to then? <laughs> the way technology's moved on. Um, but, as I say, time and technology stand still for, for no man or woman. And despite our inherent grumpy old bastard culture, we have succumbed to the technology of the podcast, as you all know. Um, uh, and all of this achieved despite our continuing mantra of we pod when we want, which probably could be changed to we pod when I can be asked, um, because it's just been plain downright laziness. So my apologies for that um, to all of the three or four listeners that we, we, we pick up. I actually got a couple of people in the pub in the cock on Sunday who berating me and saying, what the bloody hell are you doing? Why haven't you done one? So um, I do know that there are people out there listening. So uh, tonight I've assembled fine group of people um, from which opinion is not something they fear or hold back on uh, they are the fearsome wielders of their own swords of justice cutting through the social media trolls and the bullshit rumours um, unless of course we're the ones doing the bullshit or the trolling in which case you can take it as gospel Okay. Um, uh, I'm actually limited on Twitter at the moment I've had some shitty thing come up saying you're limited because you your actions have been described as, I can't remember what it was now, um, but I'm fairly sure I know that's because I've been using the C word fairly liberally in relation to Nigel Farage and some bloke called Andrew Lillico or something, some weird bloody far-right Brexit idiot. Anyway, um, this is episode 95. The episode is, of course, untitled, as it always is, but of course our dear leader and promoter, Nick, our very own George Orwell will conjure up a title that is something magnificent, mad, malicious, muted, or even mendacious. Um, let's move on and start by introducing tonight's Podding Shed luminaries. Um, we'll start with me, I'm not really a luminary, but my name's Tony Glover, also known by my now limited Twitter handle for another 22 hours as Grocer Jack UK. Um, and for tonight, I'll be the cheerful and welcoming Michael Parkinson, Graham Norton hybrid of the night, gently steering the others into cheery and honest debate about Chelsea and the world of Chelsea, and maybe even touching on how crap modern football or the business of modern football might be. So first of all, let's introduce our man of music and mirth, someone for whom the constant ringing of bells is the sound of being alive and not advanced tinnitus. Please welcome Donal, aka at... Dr. Underscore Blue Bio. Welcome, Donal. 
Uh, good evening. Um, I was a little surprised when you were <clears throat> referring to your holiday and I think you mentioned sunshine and warmth more than once and I thought, good God, that man's been in Ca- County Kerry. Yes. He can't possibly have had any sunshine <laughs> we, or warmth. We had, <laughs> we had six, I think six, uh, those seven of our eight days there were lovely. Beautiful sunshine and uh, yeah, the occasional cloud. We had one day of, of that kind of what I call typically... Atlantic coast weather where, you know, it's uh, four seasons in one day. But generally, the rest of it was, was stunning. I, I mean, there wasn't... I don't think there was an, uh, uh, an Irish person that we spoke to that didn't say, sure, you've been lucky with the weather. Indeed <laughs> yeah. you have. Yes, indeed we very, have. Very lucky. Very lucky, did they, yeah. did, did they sometimes question you as to whether or not you'd brought it with you? That's the sort of thing. That's a typical... Uh, <laughs> yeah. you see you've, you've brought the sunshine with you yes. stroke you've brought the rain with you stroke <laughs> yeah. you've brought hurricane betsy with yeah, you yeah yeah <laughs> I, I think there was a touch of that in there somewhere but um we've... i'm glad you decided to have this tony because i was getting worried that we might not have a podding shed while we were still one of the only undefeated professional sports yes. clubs in yes. the world yes and it, and and i will be bringing that into the conversation I will. Um, so next, and back after a brief sojourn from his now regular starting place, we have the return of a um, new house owner, and therefore now sentenced from this day to be skint. Um, someone who's not scared to use rational thought and opinion as his tool of choice, with which to defeat the stupid, moronic, and the trolls. Please welcome Mark, Martin Wickham, also known on Twitter as um, at Martin underscore Wickham. How you doing, Martin? I'm good, thanks. I'm also unlimited on Twitter, somehow. But there oh. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You obviously got a technique for being able to um to to be fairly cutting without. Some... Don't use the c word. Yeah, basically. I think that's probably what it is. It, it can yes. only be that. I've been inundated with people um showing me different images of the word itself. You know, mugs and all sorts of people. Um, and someone sent me a delightful uh, t- um, tweet back, which basically just said the same word about twenty times. Um, so with a smiley face. So I think I had. Uh, I've got public opinion on my side. Um, and finally, tonight we have we have our very own Giorgio Chiellini, doppelganger, <laughs> um, joining us in the form of Dan Silva, also known as at Dan's, Dan Silves 73 on Twitter. Um, and honestly, if you ever meet him, the likeness is uncanny. Welcome, Dan. Ciao, bella. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Come star. Yeah. Come star, Tony. Yeah. So, um, so on to the football. Um, we're into the new season. Um, what are we? We 13 games in, I think, or something along them lines. Um, uh, yeah, 12 games in. Um, Chelsea are undefeated. Um, we're undefeated, as Donald kindly said, in every competition. We have yet to taste the bitter sting of defeat. Um which is far better than I expected. Um, I've been fairly vocal in my criticisms of um, choosing the new coach. Um, and so I've got a general uh, question uh, to, to the team of, uh, that's here tonight. The season start, is it better than expected or is it exactly what you expected? Um, where have we improved? And, you know, what games have you specifically seen that are kind of evidence of us moving on? I'm going to start with you, Dan, because obviously you're going to be disappearing a little bit earlier to uh, to go and uh, to, to to have your dinner. So um, give us your views on the way we've done so far. I'm very surprised by the start. I really didn't think we'd we'd do so well. I mean, we're still you know a long way from the finished article, but given he's only had very limited pre-season in the World Cup, very limited time to get his ideas across. 
I think we've done really well. I mean, anybody else anticipated us to be unbeaten on the coattails of Man City after, you know, a course of the season, that they'd be liars. I think, we, you know, we seem to have a... There's a happy atmosphere back at the bridge. The players seem happy. It's just generally a much, much happier place than sort of January to May under the, the sort of Conte meltdown. So, yeah, absolutely encouraging. Where we hit top form and we get, you know, a striker that scores goals, I think we're going to be, you know, even better. So, yeah, I'd say a good seven out of ten so far. I mean, that is quite good, isn't it? Um, Martin, your views? Um, yeah, I've very much was not expecting us to be unbeaten after 12 league games, that's for certain. And yet I'm still a bit cheesed off about dropped points at home that I think was definitely <laughs> at Man U and Liverpool. For certain, Liverpool, we've conceded a last-minute equaliser that I swore blind was a cross until I saw the replay. <laughs> and then Man U, where we went 1-0 up and forgot to play football for 30 minutes and snuck an equaliser. Um, what I've most in, enjoyed, really, was when Sarri's been doing press conferences, there's been a lot of refreshing honesty in some of his answers, um, where he just said, no, I wasn't happy for this period of the game. Yeah, well, neither were we. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I agree with him. I like him. Um, I can see why he probably has such a chronic smoking habit though because uh, some of the um, defending's a little bit oh my god yeah. Um, yeah but yeah very very satisfied thus far um are still a little bit concerned about a possible lack of you know plan b's You're a little bit too dogmatic in playing a certain way all the time but until you know we have we actually you know suffer a defeat we can't really we don't know what's going to happen after that. I think it's how we react to the first defeat is going to be crucial in my view yeah Donald your thoughts my thoughts are many and varied <clears throat> um, that's what I like to hear <laughs> on the one hand obviously we had the Mourinho meltdown followed by the stumbling Conte start which then became was it 12 games 12 wins on the trot and uh, the title and almost the double. And then we've had the Conte meltdown last year and not quite so dramatic, I suppose, but we've certainly had a, you know, a very good start to the season in terms of results. Um, Sitting there watching the charity shield um, at Wembley, I didn't imagine um, that we could have reached this point. Um, I mean, we've had we've had Halloween, we've had the normal annual celebration of anti-papist feeling, um, and yet we're still undefeated. I did think in my mind when the season started, if we got up to playing Tottenham um, and were still in reasonable shape, I'd be amazed and. We are. Uh, a lot of people were talking about, you know, perhaps losing five or six games early on in the season as Sarri got his philosophy underway, as happened with Napoli. <laughs> so I think some of the discontent that was certainly in evidence after Saturday's 0-0 against Everton, while it's understandable in one way, in another way, you think, well, from where we were at the end of last year to where we are now, that's a massive difference. However, when you look at it under the microscope, we must welcome into the room and uh, pull up a chair for our old friend, regression to the mean. You do wonder <laughs> how many 
how many games can we keep getting away with these sort of catastrophic defensive breakdowns that don't result in goals? You know, I know we got we conceded very late on to Liverpool, etc. But you know, game after game, I have sat and watched and thought, "Blimey, we've got away with that! Blimey, we've got away with that!" You know, for for blimey, you can insert any other scatological phrase you wish. And um, other swear words are available. Yes, <laughs> and and indeed encouraged. Um, but in keeping with um, what Twitter are trying to ask Tony to do, I'm trying to engage in a politer form of discourse. So, so yeah. On the one hand, I think crikey, we are going well. And then on the other hand, I think, hmm, what happens when they close Jorginho down like they did on Sunday? Yeah. Um, yep. What happens when someone takes the three or four? mad chances that we seem to give up in certain games um so but but equally you can't you know sarri's only just got there and it's going to take time and you know to compare ourselves to man city who are in the what is this the third year of yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. you know they've they've perfected their tactical fouling whereas we're only really at the start of it um (laughs) and you know, yes, it's annoying, but ultimately we have to say that in terms of, in inverted commas, and I hate the word, Sarri's a project, um, he, he's only at the very start. And perhaps there are other players and, and, you know, other things that need to happen in the next season, even two seasons for, for it to really take off. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that in later. Oh, Dan, yeah. um uh, oh, pardon me, well, I just plucked oh, the splinters out of my backside. I've just been <laughs> sitting on the fence yeah, here for that, so long. You know. Go back to you, Dan. Um, Sorry, I mean, if you were if you were giving him a a, a kind of scholarly half term report, um, what would you be saying? I mean, I I I, I mean, honestly, uh, I've I've warmed to him. I'm still not chanting his name yet, but I'm warming to him. Apart from one aspect which I think he's the scruffiest bastard oh, yes, I mean, he, yes. make, he makes Jeremy Corbyn look like he's just walked out of fucking you know and he wears Jeremy Corbyn's seconds apparently yes. anyway no yeah, he, yeah, looks, but... he, he looks like a tramp I think, <laughs> I think listen he's, uh, he's he's very honest he's very forthright he talks a lot of sense he, he gives people credit I think I really like him I think he's he reminds me a little bit of Penfold from Danger Mouse <laughs> 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 oh yeah yeah mm. But I can really I see like that. Him. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, sort of digressing slightly. Says I think we've got a very talented bunch of players at the club, but I think they're all mentally weak. Because you look at how they pretty much down tools under Conte, and almost the same team with one or two changes is now kind of flying high. It's been almost like the last sort of six years since Mourinho came back. You know, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. We're more or less, you know, the same players. So it's, it says maybe a lot about the mentality of our players, and maybe they need they need a bit of love. And they don't like. You know, they don't like to be told what to do. You know, someone as strict as Conte versus somebody like Sarri, who probably works very hard, but is a little bit softer, maybe. Mm. You know, maybe is, is it is it though? Is it though the 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 strictness and the hard work, or is it that uh, that they're not maybe mentally weak, but maybe they, as you say, that you've got a lot of quite creative players, players who like to play beyond the ball, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and perhaps sort of late period Conte. I mean, they were very happy to work hard that first season, but perhaps last season, when his style became ever more conservative and defensive, 
you know, if if you're a player, even if you don't mean to do it, surely if day in day out you're working on on quite limited, and I think the same things happen. That's why Mourinho sometimes yes, I think that was struggles in that third yeah. season. Is you know you you you're squeezing any flair out of these players, and yes, they're earning loads of money, and they should be quite happy to just hang from a goalpost for a hundred grand a week, let alone play football. Ultimately, they're there because you know certain players just love defending. You know, quite limited in what they do. Others want to be expressive and creative, and if you if you don't allow that, then ultimately they don't necessarily. I don't think down tools. I think that their form just disappears i mean i mean someone like hazard who's you know probably the most talented player we have you don't play him as like almost you know auxiliary wing back you know you want to you know take the best you know get the best out of him playing as an attacking midfielder you know the hub of everything where he's not got defensive responsibilities he's too good to be you know tracking back against the you know the uh the fullback from the other side but i think i was gonna say Sorry, I was, sorry, Dan, go finish up, please. No, I was going to say, I think, you know, sorry, plays attacking football, which we all like. But I think ultimately, I'm maybe a bit cynical, but I want winning football. I'd much yeah. rather be, you know, methodical. Listen, the way what, what Pep's doing with Man City is great because they're playing fantastic football. They're winning stuff. I want to win stuff. I don't, you know, football to me, the way we win is a little bit secondary, you know, because I guess we, we most of us grew up with shite for the 80s and early 90s mm. so you know just seeing us win stuff is, is to me probably you know I take I take, you know trophies over style and substance yeah I think that's an interesting point what about you Martin at some point in the discussion people football fans in general have got obsessed over style of football rather than the end result and I you know I've enjoyed watching us under Sarri so far I think also another added advantage of playing 20 yards further up the pitch for our attacking players is they're not as knackered tracking back and having to get forward again on a break. So maybe they're conserving energy that way. But, but back to the style thing, I mean, it's, it's, there's this very strange... I've, I remember hearing other managers praising Sarri as he was coming into the league and saying, oh, you know, Pep said it's this when he was at Napoli and they were playing Man City. Yeah, Pep was praising him because he knew he was guaranteed about half a dozen chances every game because they can't bloody defend. It's um, yeah, yeah. And it's, often when you get praise from another manager, it's because he knows you're not a threat or uh, less of a threat. Or and less you're not threat, going. Yeah. Mm. Well, was, I wouldn't say that he. You know, Sarri's teams are threats in their own way. Napoli before Chelsea now, but yeah. I think praising because a probably less of a bastard than certain managers we can yeah. think of and it, both in terms of his personality and style of football I mean for all the talk of how wonderful Pep's football is they are tactical foulers and we're starting to do exactly the same yeah well we saw that with um, well I don't know if you could describe Jorginho's tackling on um, Sigurdsson as tactical no, or I'm, not, just, I'm not sure no, you could call no, it tackling either no it was uh, it, it, it looked a lot worse on uh, when I saw it later on um, on, on the pitch I thought it was much ado about nothing 50-50 um, and then later on you're thinking I've seen players get straight reds for less than that um, what, was, what was also amusing was um, Louise's little outburst at the end of the first half where he was gesturing to the crowd he was doing he'd heard booing but it was because Sigurdsson had come back on yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. He, he thought he thought he was getting booed for play, playing out the back too yeah yeah uh, uh, Sigurdsson um, getting booed for you know it's interesting I was rolling uh, around. 
was out on a customer visit mm-hmm. today with uh, um, one of our kind of account managers, and uh, uh, normally yeah, you, 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 they're normally either rugby types or don't like sport, but this particular guy is a Man United fan, used to play for West Brom as a, a youth in the West Brom youth setup um, met, uh, years ago. So the whole conversation on the way back from Peterborough back to Newbury was pretty much about football. We had an interesting conversation, which came down to this this whole thing around um, Sarri Guardiola, and because he's a Manchester United fan, is saddled with Mourinho. Those were his words, okay. Um, and I, I, I said I, it ten years ago. Yeah, I said, I said, you know, I just wonder whether the game's passed. Mourinho by it, and that, that actually the style that worked when Mourinho was on for Terrible for, for, for us and, and, and arguably for Milan and possibly a little bit of his tenure with Real Madrid um, doesn't work with the kind of newer breed of players that yeah. come through academies and this sort of stuff. You know, so even Ferguson would struggle with the youth or the younger players today because the golf that, that kind of doffy cap respect to the governor doesn't exist anymore. Wenger. Another one that potentially just out you know, football passing by. I don't know. Well, anyone got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Fergie got out then because he knew. I think he probably realised at that point with the whole Rooney incident and new contracts. That's probably. I'm going out on the high. I'm going to win the league. I'm going to go at the best time. You look how he like to struggle, you know, domestically in the, in the Premier League since he left. Wenger stayed on 15 years too long. I think his whole his whole style of football was evolved and better by people like Pep. So Mourinho, Mourinho got to a certain point and he's got, you know, hasn't got a plan B. He does, he does, he plays one way, mm. you know, fear, mentality, then against us kind of thing. It does, doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You know, everything Mourinho says and does has, has a point and a reason. He'd always try and take, you know, deflect stuff away from the players and make it all about Jose. But that, you know, people get bored of it. Yeah. I mean, he's holding at, up you, three fingers on Sunday evening. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you look at that. I mean, he came. I mean, my my biggest bugbear with Mourinho is the first season he came back. We could have easily won the league. That, won the league that first season. I think you know, stupid stupid points that we allegedly dropped at home to like Norwich and stuff. We could have easily won the league that year. But I think he was to come back in year two and say, right, I'm going to win the league in year two, rather than thinking, you know, back to backs. Then year three, he didn't get the players he wanted. We'll never really know exactly what happened in that kind of period of time, and it mm. also went horrendously wrong. Um, he. At his depth, maybe it's a bit harsh, but I don't think well, he knew what to do. It's interesting. Think... It's interesting that Dan, because I was wondering whether or not actually the Mourinho third year um, kind of was, uh, uh, and the players saw Conti's second year and thought, "Oh shit, we're going down the same route again." That kind of criticism of players that you never saw Mourinho do before. He would always, you know, he would take the, the flack in, in years gone by, and suddenly yeah. he's pinpointing players. You know, Hazard isn't doing what I want. Um, you know, Lukaku's not my type of player. Selling matter. Those sort of things started to add up and get like a body of evidence against, you know, um, the fact that potentially I think he he's lost a little bit of control over the game. The the, the way he does things isn't the way anymore and, and, and Sarri and Guardiola and Klopp Pochettino to a degree and I know there's there's a, a sort of like uh, an emptiness of, of trophies there but you you know if you were a complete neutral you can't deny that Spurs and Liverpool and City play good football you know they are exciting teams to watch um, yeah. so I do wonder about that Donal any, any thoughts on that? Um, I suppose I mean we've probably thrashed the Mourinho thing to death I think his experiences in Madrid I think that was the first time he ever lost a dressing room you know in reality isn't it um, because even though he was sacked at Chelsea um, it wasn't quite 
losing the dressing room. That, that, that I think it was slightly different there. He went through into Milan, was very successful there. Um, and I, I think whatever happened in Madrid has affected the way he he looks at the dressing room, how he organises his players, his relationship almost to his players. Yeah. Like that's for, for what it's worth. Um, yeah, I think, I, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, go on. On that point with, Port, with Porto, Chelsea the first time with them. Inter Milan, he had players who'd run through a brick wall for him. When he got to Real Madrid, he had players saying, why the fuck have you put that wall there? Get rid of it. <laughs> and that, that changed him completely. Yeah, yeah. But um, winning over style, yeah, I mean, I, I think it... Yes, I think if, if we're all brutally honest, we, we like winning stuff. Um, style, well, I think because you're not always going to win stuff, I think watching decent football is probably... I think we've been sport recently because we seem to win something fairly major every couple of years. But if that was ever to change, the least you would want is to go to the bridge and watch something... And by exciting, I don't mean that we play really open and get you know lose five four every week. But you know, bounce, I think <laughs> I think I think there is an I think there is a feeling this year. You know, while it's new and obviously people can go off people very quickly, as we know. But there is a feeling that you know that there's a, a sort of positive note. To the footballs, the way football's being played. Obviously, as teams adjust, you know, we're already seeing that, that a lot of teams just turn up and and when we go away from home, it's the same thing. You know, we, we were looking, you watch old Napoli videos, it's sort of Napoli breaking out the, these rapid passing movements all the way up the pitch resulting in a goal. We don't see a lot of that, mainly because the other teams sit behind the halfway line all the time. So, you know, to some extent, we're going to have these games where teams sit in and, and try and basically frustrate us. But I, I think, from my point of view, he's trying to play some sort of attractive, um, positive style of football. And, you know, there, there's an appreciation, I think, of that. Plus, although it's probably never enough for some, we are starting to see Barkley, Loftus-Cheek, you know, hudson Adoy. You know, there, there's a... Now, whether it's out of desperation because he hasn't got the players he wants, I'd like to think it's that perhaps he's starting to look to, to some of the younger players to start moving in. You know, a blend yeah. of experience and youth, that's what usually works. You well, know, let's, let's, let's you, win, you win nothing with kids, as we know. Yeah. Yes, well, yeah, talk about famous last words there, I guess. But um, let's move on to the players then, because... Um, uh, you know, I alluded to the fact that maybe that some of the players saw a, a, Marine, a, a Mourinho light. I mean, we talk about style over substance, but the year we won the Premiership under Conte, I thought we were fantastic. Our style was superb. Mm. We were excited. You don't win 13 games on the trot or whatever and and do that by boring people to death. Um, you know, lest we forget the 5-0 versus Everton, which was just possibly mm. still described by some people as the most perfect thing they've ever seen. Um, John John Watson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, a real, you know, where the players come. I'm, I'm thinking more about the the players now. When you look at them, um, you know, we've we've made a couple of additions with um, with uh, Kepper um, and um, Jorginho. Um, we've 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 seen a mini resurgence in you know he's kept Giroud. We've seen a mini resurgence in Morata. Uh, William 
and Louise, both frozen out by Conti to some degree, um, seem to be quite happy. Um, I'm not convinced of William. I, he, he never looks like he's very smiling very much these days, but he's uh, and his form still seems to be a tad inconsistent. Um, but you know he's getting regular football. Pedro, Pedro uh, seems to fit the system very very well. Louise. Um, you know, has 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 had a good season. I think uh, he's looking more like the Louise that played when we won the Premiership under Conte. Um, uh, so, I wonder, you know, is, is that the, the key to the success, or, or is Sarri just making the best of the fact that he's got players and just making them happy? So, lift knows he can lift them to a certain performance, but no further. Any views? No. <laughs> Dead air. <laughs> No, um, if you've met, you forgot to mention one player that's really stood out for me this season thus far, Antonio Rudiger. I think he's yes. absolutely yeah. sensational. Mm. He's grown into. I think someone alluded to it, possibly in the pub after the game on Sunday. He looks better playing in a back two than a back three. Yeah, he, you know, he just looks more comfortable. His distribution is underrated as well. He's you know, very capable of a raking crossfield ball to Alonso. He's been doing that quite a bit. Um, with regards to other players, I think Jorginho's been fairly essential in the way the system has bedded down so quickly. I think for Sarri to come in and have someone able to interpret the idea on the pitch for the other players, I think has been fairly crucial in some cases. You can see him still doing it now where he's telling players, you know, go there, go there, yeah. you, know, you make that run. And he's also actively wants the ball. So if you've got... When, there's been some games where Kepper has you know touched the ball more with the feet, his feet than his hands. But he's always... When he's looking for a pass and Kepper's trying to make himself available or draw players to him to create space elsewhere. And I think that, that has been crucial. I think Kepper himself is... Um, Quietly settling in, and dare I jinx him and say no major fuck ups thus far? (laughs) Well, that's the end of that little run, then, isn't it? Yeah, 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 all my fault. Dan, all my fault when he throws one in at Tottenham. Yeah, I think you see, you see, um, (laughs) Jorginho is almost like the captain because he's forever pointing and gesticulating and telling people what to do. So he's 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 real crucial signing, as Martin said. I think you know, Kepper looks a great keeper. I think he's. Calm, assured, but Rudiger, Rudiger's, Rudiger's captain material for me because he's forever. Well, you watch him on the field; he's forever pointing and talking. Yeah. To, and he had a real go at Louise, I think, game yeah. before last, when Louise yeah. made a, an absolute. I think it was the Palace game, yeah. yeah. When they scored, he had a real go at him for that. Uh, Rick I, for not, you know, ball watching while following the man. Yeah. I, I, I liked Rudiger the first time I saw him when we lost to Burnley um, in that first game at Stamford Bridge yeah. last season uh, because he looked as upset as I was. And I, yeah. I, I he's like a <coughs> He's a real he, lo- he loves a ruck off. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he loves a ruck as well. Yeah, so I think it's interesting you, you sort of mentioned that he's captain material because there's this whole thing around captaincy and you know Cahill and then I think the news is out today that is that Cahill's likely to leave in January on loan. Um, yeah. but that that would just be a, a, a precursor to a permanent move. Absolutely certain yeah. of that. Um, of course. Um, as Piliqueta, who I think me personally. Um, is out of kilter this season. I don't think he's been anywhere near. Um, but against Palace, um, I've never seen him do as many misplaced passes um, and failed tackles as he did against Palace. Um, and I look at Jorginho, and I just wondered about this because he, I, I had a whole thing, let's talk about Jorginho, because he's been deeply, deeply impressive. I mean, to use, the, it's a hackneyed old cliche, but the passing is metronomic. You know, he, 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 he seems to know before the ball's come to his feet where it's going. 
Um, well, that, that, that's what you should do. That's what every football, that's what I beat into my boy yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. You get in the ball. Of course, I could never do it. I was bloody useless at football, but <laughs> that is what... That is what you've got to get yeah. to do. So what do you, th- I mean, what do you think? Where I mean, the ball is going. You know, I, I, I mentioned this on the fan cast the other week. And I did it, I sort of mentioned it in the pub on Sunday as well. And I, I, I kind of gently mentioned that um, you know, we have been missing a kind of Balak, kind of midfield general. And I look at Georgino and I think, do you know what? I think you're it. I think you've got the ability to slow the game down, which he doesn't do often, but can do if he wants to. Um, and he commands that midfield. Well, we've, we've, you know, I look back at previous seasons without him and think, you know, since Balak, there's been a Jorginho-shaped gap in the middle of the park, you know. Um, and I, 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 I'm, I, I, whilst I would never dispute the fact that our kind of most valuable player and, and our, uh, you know, the key to unlocking things is Hazard. Jorginho has been a, um, a, a signing but I mean I'd never heard of the bloke until we signed him really mm. um, but I think he's been absolutely fantastic I don't know if anybody else has got anything to say I don't, I don't, midfield general yeah, thing. I don't think it matters who who actually wears I know this is the old argument in English football the captain is more important on the continent I, I think taking on board what you're saying about Rudiger is you you just want a team with you know three or four strong personalities on the pitch which, which of them has got the armband I don't really care, but you know, you need someone at the back with some leadership. You know, Louise in his way is also capable of that. Yeah. Obviously the goalkeeper is, is quite young, so it's gonna be a bit of time before he does that. But if you've got three or four people, you've got, you know, Kante sets almost by example, you know, sets the tone very often for, for the team. Um you you need you need three or four strong characters, and I think the fact that Rudiger's establishing himself as for Lequeta, yeah, perhaps it's a you know the sort of post World Cup syndrome is is getting to his form. At least we've got three or four people in there who are capable of of motivating the team on the pitch. I think yeah. that's the important thing. You know, whether one of them's got the armband or another, it doesn't really matter. I don't think. Yeah. I think with them, Aspi, I think he's been being all over the shop in terms of positions for the last three, four years. So he's got to relearn his role because he's been playing, you know, right centre, half wing back, what have you. So I think it's almost like I've got to, you know, teach myself to a new role, which mm. I think he's put, he will come back to. I think he's good. I mean, he's been so consistent since he's yeah. for, so, you know, we'll allow, allow him a little bit of a different form because he's always been a seven out of ten, pretty much yeah. minimum since he, he joined us. Yeah. Again, going back to the captain issue, you know, we were blessed with. JT, and then a whole, you know, Ashley Cole, Frank Lampard, Michael Ballack, did job. We had five or six real captains in that team, and we haven't got those characters anymore. So we need, you know, as best we can get with people like Rudiger, who are vocal, who are kind of, you know, hungry and determined. Whereas I think Aspilicueta is almost too nice to be to be a captain. You don't see, well, I don't know, but I don't really see him sort of, you know, gesticulating, shouting, pointing, you know, getting angry with people. Whereas yeah. someone like Rudiger could quite comfortably, you know, wouldn't take any issue and he's a real yeah. modern centre half in his build everything about him is you know he's strong but yeah. slight you know he's, he's complete opposite of Mickey Joy you know Mickey Joy you know turning himself <laughs> to a tractor and this guy's you know really good oh um, yeah bless Mickey Joy I mean he, yeah. I, I, I believe he's still got his licence to work the doors on the nightclubs in London um, he was a he was a very very different type of uh, different type of player so it's interesting we talk about the uh, well, stick around the players I mean um 
uh, I had uh, a bit down further on about the youth, uh, and, and um, you know, I've, I still believe we have this massive dilemma of a two-year contract for a, a, a coach. Um, we have targets, which I, I'm now led to believe by by Alex. Actually, um, for, for those of you who know Alex, you do, Martin. I'm not sure if you've met a tonal, but um, and certainly you have, Dan. Um, uh, that that actually um, blue squirrel, um, you know the the the, the mole um, has. Is he a said, squirrel or a mole? Come on, uh, it's a, he's a, it, it, they. I mean, we have to be <laughs> we have to be completely um, uh, <laughs> sexless, genderless about this. They um, say that Sarri's target this year is simply Champions League football. Okay, um, and, you know, the, and 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 that would be sufficient to. To, to make sure that he you know builds on the project for next season. So I'm looking at players like Callum Hudson Odoi, who impressed I I have to say impressed me um, in pre-season. Rubens Loftus Cheek, who impressed me in the World Cup um, and and in a couple of other games. Um, and of course, um, dear old Hans Christian Andersen, or Anders Christensen to give him his proper name. But um, last season, a regular a regular starter, and now. Barely a sniff on the bench. Yeah. Uh, a, a Europa League game, uh, uh, partnered up with Cahill, which may not be the best partnership given current Cahill's uh, inevitable kind of physical decline, I guess, from not getting the game time, but also you know age taking its you know its inevitable toll against sort of younger, faster defenders. So, don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Because we don't. Again, are we doomed to just repeat this? To have a fabulous academy of players that never ever fucking break through in our yeah, but, yeah, but I think Christensen. I think he got broken by the Barcelona game. I think his form and confidence went right off a cliff after that game. He never really recovered. Right. I mean, Pe- I think should a good player been... learn from that, though, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I think he hasn't learned. He hasn't really got much. He hasn't had much game time since Barcelona compared to what he's doing. I mean, he had a really he, he put the ball across the park, you know, across the ball when they equalised. And a couple other ricks. I don't think he's really recovered. He's not had game time to fully recover. I also I think, think he seems to be injured a lot, doesn't he? He seems yeah. to have some niggling, niggling injury problems. Which, Pep's, you know. Pep's been sniffing about him as well. Someone like Pep, who, who, who wants ball-playing defenders, and he's got to have something about him. But who do you, right now, who do you bring him in for? You know, you obviously like Louise for Louise's you know, ball-playing abilities. And really, because obviously the other side, because really gives you the pace and the recovery. And, and also, also can also can pass the ball very well. A bit yeah. like JT, people because of his physicality and aggression, you overlook the fact that he does. You know, he can hit a very good long ball. Yeah, yeah, he's very good at that. And with going back to Christensen, I'm pretty sure he suffered concussion at some point last season. Yeah, he did. Ah, Correct. And it yeah. was and it was prior to the Barcelona game. I don't, he's not been right since that head injury he suffered. And mm. I know. Sporting awareness awareness of concussions in sport is improving. It's not mm. quite at the levels of America in this country, but I can't see how it hasn't had an effect on him because his World Cup wasn't that good either. He's not on. He's out of the Denmark team. He's a, coming off the bench for them now. So um, you know, I wouldn't give up on him just yet. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't. Don't think there's any intention of doing so. But um, I think whatever happened to him at the Towards in the second half of last season, I don't think we know the full story. Well, no, but it happened to lots of players. I mean, everyone, you know, January on was under Conte was, you know, 
a bad, bad second half. Yeah, also, ma- manager aside, I think he was yeah. carrying that head injury for quite yeah. a while. I remember and McKay, who had a similar dip of form when he suffered an absolute, he suffered concussion a oh, that years back. And... When he had a crash with Ryan Mason, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it might well have been that, actually, yeah. obviously, yeah. compared to what happened to Paul Ryan Paul Mason, Mason. It wasn't yeah, yeah. that. And also, but, um, I think if Cahill goes, we're not going to sell both centre-backs, so I think the Shinson will stay, because I think he, you know, he may get more game time. You know, come come the, you know the Christmas period, and also going back to you talk about the academy. Yeah, it's great, but what? Well, some people forget to us a step up from 18s to the the big men's league, the highest level is huge. Then what? You know, look, look how um, Solanke's gone at Liverpool. He's down to fourth choice striker. So all all these great managers we've had, mm-hmm. and their great managers mm-hmm. have not seen enough, and any of these fantastic youth players say, mm-hmm. you know what, you're good enough for my first team. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I think Mason Mount is probably one who possibly knows it's, it's the championship, but he does appear to be doing very well. Yeah, there. he's a pos- he's a possibility, but you know, apart from Solanke, give me five academy players who've gone on to have great careers at the top level. Loftus Cheek is he is he on the fringe? No, no I meant he's left Chelsea. He's oh, gone left on, Chelsea. You know, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, we've had a great academy for what nine years now, six FA Youth Cups. Yeah, I can't I can't name five players playing the Premiership yeah. who've come out of the academy. This is another thing I'd like to um, raise, actually, because Chelsea get a lot of stick from outside sources about our youth products not coming through. Um, and a certain Manchester City sold Jadon Sancho and aren't yeah. getting anywhere near the criticism that would have been flying around had Jadon Sancho left Chelsea it's to a, join Borussia Dortmund. It's a narrative. The only one that's getting game time is Phil Foden, who's got less I don't game even, time. I don't even speak. think he's getting that much at all. I was about to say, I, I don't think Phil Foden is getting as much game time as he perhaps should. I don't watch yeah. enough of Man's. I mean, they've looked 5-0 up in games. He can easily play. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah, sure. our, our youth product should be um, rejoicing today anyway, if you've seen some of the rumours that were coming out of... Um, Overseas Brexit. papers about a, no, not no. Let's not say that. We get Tony banned off Skype as well. <laughs> <laughs> but a, no, about twenty a potential two-year transfer ban. No, apparently but, they've, they've, they've one of the journalists nah. at Chelsea have sent something out, and they absolutely have not broken any rules. And it's just they would say that, wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh no, they've, they've got they've got they've, they've provided evidence to UEFA or FIFA. They haven't broken any rules. And it, you know, half these leagues are BS, and half will be. You know, yeah. what, what are they going to do? I mean, if we were a small, if we were a small team in in Hungary somewhere, then we'd be probably being banned from football. Yeah, absolutely, you know, for about the next hundred years. They're, they're, you know, Otherwise, we'd be stuck with Fabregas and drink water for another two years. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> so it's interesting. Drink, wa- drink water, drink water interests me because he seems to be in. Um, he seems to follow. In a, in a Chelsea tradition of, um, oh God, who's the ginger? We, we've we've Sidwell, had Steve, Sidwell. Steve, Sidwell. Steve Sidwell, Steve Sidwell, and before him, who was the lad who was at Tottenham and um, Scott Parker. Scott Parker. Uh-huh. You know, there, there seems to be this sort of what appear to be, you know, good workmanlike, even better than workmanlike, central midfielders who we seem to pick up and then just kill their careers. Yeah. Scott, you know, that's, that's... Scott Parker was an odd one because um, I, I thought he was good for us. I thought he played well whenever he was given a chance, but he was basically just crowded out of a team of 
uh, you know, mm-hmm. almost team of, of they weren't Galacticos when they joined us, but they became Galacticos through the whole Mourinho thing. You know, you, you, with the players he was up against, and I always thought it was a bit of a shame that we sold him. Because um, drink, Drinkwater was doing fine yeah. at Leicester, and probably, could probably have gone to numerous other clubs. I'm yeah. not criticising him. You know, if he gets offered a big contract to come to Chelsea, of course he'd take it. But there just seems to be this, you know. Of course, someone will prove me wrong now by quoting about another 15 different players. But we just seem to have, in the last 10 years, signed three or four English central midfielders and basically not played them very much. And it, it's just an interesting, you know... Drinkwater's a baffling signing. I mean, I literally no idea why we signed him. I, mean, I, cannot, I cannot think for... Unless it was something to do with Kante, I don't know, but it's weird. Very weird signing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I look at others. I mean, there are others that we've we've signed that you think would they get in anywhere near a Chelsea team today? Zappa Costa, who I liked, but I've not seen anything of him this season when he's played. I mean, Emerson, I think, has got a real. Um, yeah, I, I think if I was Emerson, I'd be really pissed off because every yeah. game I've seen him play, he looks good, and I will tell you what he can do that Alonso seems to not be able to do, and that's put a bloody good cross in. You know, I, yeah. I, I I like Alonso, but he, you know, a lot of his crosses are daisy cutters. They're played into, you know, when there's nobody there. And yet with Emerson, I've seen real, you know, like, and I, yeah. I go back to the days of, uh, of, you know, where you had people that could put a ball in. Uh, Peter Hausman, you know, I go back that far. Um, you know, there was something about those players that, that knew that you, 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 you'd split your crosses into the box. Sometimes the daisy cutters, the low balls work, but there are other times when you've got a Giroud on the park, who I thought should have come on with 20 minutes to go against Everton, because I think they were flagging physically. Um, and Giroud would have given their defenders a Drogba-like battering, um, and we, could, we we would have had somebody to put a, a higher ball into. And I, I, I think Emerson, um, I, I think he's justifiably would be pissed off because I don't think he's been given the chances. No, you know, I and, think and, when he's come on, he's he's impressed. He's, yeah. he's good game forward. He's good defensively. Yeah, you know. He's, it, but, it, I mean, how do you, you keep know. a whole squad happy? I mean, and then you look at Pep Guardiola, well, that, that, where there's the problem, literally though, Tony, seems to be zero dissent coming out of Manchester City's enormously richly assembled squad of bloody Galacticos, and yet you don't hear. I don't see Manchester City's players' dads going to the press yeah, but, saying. Yeah, but winning, 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 and being successful always helps. Mm, it's yeah. when it's when things start to go a bit awry that these yeah. things come to the surface. And yeah. um, you know, I, obviously, in any football team, you have got players who are bought or sold for reasons that have got nothing to do with football. Yeah. You know, because. In order to oil the wheels of deals, uh-huh. you know, Chelsea have long had a Winston number of, sort of super agents, <laughs> you know, far too close to the yeah. club, I think, for anyone's yeah. liking. And mm-hmm. you never know who's being sold yeah. and who's being bought. And also, to, you know, and the city, city squad depth, you've got, you know, players like Fabian Delph on 100 grand a week. Is he going to kick up a fuss? Because no one's going to pay him that sort of money if he goes anywhere else. You know, outside of maybe the top 15 or 16, they're more deeper squad players like Danilo, Fabian Delph. Um, You're not saddened by that, Dan, that a player would just be, say, well, do you know what? I'm getting under grand a week. I mean, Bohard did it for years, let's be fair, right? Yeah. Um, um, but does not like, Hilario didn't play 100 games in his career, I don't think. All these yeah. backup goalkeepers, you know, they're just, you know, they're just happy to be 
earning, you know, decent money. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I get it, but if I was a footballer, I'd be wanting to play all the time. I mean, I wouldn't want to be sitting on the bench if you've yeah. got 100 grand a week because you've really got a short career, especially if I was at that level. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, I can't pass water, so it's never going to happen, but, you know. <laughs> but there's, right, also, the point, there's really. also the point that they are professionals, as in that is their profession, that is their yeah. chance to earn money. And at some point, um, as I was alluding to earlier, at some point, for many of these people, and particularly perhaps in the lower leagues, you know, some of the joy and excitement goes out of it. And it is your job, it is your chance to earn a decent living, doing something that, you know, you quite like doing. But ultimately, you know, if you're 25, you're 26, and you get the chance to step up and and be paid an enormous amount of money for three or four years. The temptation, you know, we all find it hard to think you just turn up for training every day, you know, you play a few games here, you do this there, why would you do it? But I don't know, you've got a lifestyle, you've got a family, or not as the case may be, you're living a life, you're going training. You know, if you've got to go training, we go into the office if you enjoy physical exertion, then you've got a rhythm to your life and, and a large bank balance. And perhaps mm. you're just weighing up, you know, that that's, you know, that's how, and Oop. maybe also you're an ego because you don't get as far as a lot of these players do without some degree of self-belief. And there's well, always nice. the belief that so-and-so is going to fall off. His form is going to fall off. So-and-so is going to get injured. I'm going to get my break. I'll be showing the manager exactly why I should be doing this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I presume... It's, well, Harry, that's Kane, how, Harry Kane, case in point, he got, he got very lucky. And they could have ended up selling him for next to nothing. He, you know, Sherwood saw him, a couple of good Europa League games, and look at him now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Dan. Mm. And actually, Dan, yeah. you've, I know you, um, you, you disappear when you want to go to your dinner, but I am going to just get yeah. a word for you from you because I was going to move on to strikers which we know is um, a little bit of a sticking point um, <laughs> I, I I stick with what I said I think we would have beaten Everton had Giroud been given 20-25 minutes um, at the end of the second half because you know we we were battering them as best you can in a nil-nil we, we had all the possession they were uh, you know they'd made a decision I can't remember at some point it was probably after the 20 minutes to go point where they took off um, I think Richarlison might have gone off and Jackie yeah, Jadielka yeah. came on it was like yeah, you know, we're, we are going to point yeah we're going we're, we're, you know there was a big signal there and I think Giroud offers I still say I think he offers more I think he, he he's not fast uh, like Drogba was I think Drogba had a turn of speed but what he has is I still liken him to Drogba his ability to head the ball his ability to hold uh, and bring other players in he, he links up brilliantly with with Hazard he links up brilliantly with Pedro um, defenders absolutely hate Giroud they really do and I just think he would have offered something where Morata at that point looked to me like he'd basically lost interest and, and, and was actually losing his head a little bit going back to that kind of yeah. sulky not, not angry sulky performance what do you think Dan do, do, yeah. and who would you be looking at would, is there anybody out there I mean I've mentioned um, Vardy before um, uh, Vardy's too old I mean I, I, I mean, there's a lot no, of there, as a stopgap until you go you know uh, a January you pick buy up, I take a you know Callum Wilson because they'll probably be similar sorts of money now their money can say with Callum Wilson he's had two big knee injuries 
you know, he, I'm always be concerned he might just be a, you yes. know, a tackle away from ACLs, a, isn't it? I think he's a, yeah, in, in each knee, not just the same knee. No. I think Morata's his own worst enemy. I think he just gets very frustrated very quickly. And apparently, apparently, I think I heard on the fan cast he was because Alex Churchill was quite close to the the tunnel. He was going off swaying yeah. himself and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. I think Morata is a talented player. He's a goal scorer. I think you get his head right and his head stays right. We've got a 25-goal season striker there because yeah. he showed him in glimpses. I mean, the, the hat-trick away at, I think it was Stoke last season. Yes. That was a brilliant goal. And that third goal, he ran through just from the tightest angle, putting in the net. So he, Madrid liked him. Juventus wanted him for two years. Definite talent, but mentally he's very weak. We need to sort him out. Yeah. Giroud, yeah. Listen, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I would have bought Giroud and maybe gone two up front, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't we love to just see that a, just for once one day? The old school, you know. four, four, fighting two. Yeah, yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's difficult because we're not going to get a top striker in this window. Um, a, because I don't often get solid B, because we can't offer Champions League football. Um, I'll take a punt on Callum Wilson. I mean, yeah. same as took a punt on Ross Barkley, and he's looking like he's going to become, yes. you know, a good player. Well, yeah. Listen, Callum Wilson is strong, he's fast, he's a goal scorer. He He's reminds me of, of, he reminds me of um, a, a kind of younger Jermaine Defoe. He, you know, he will, you know, he, he sees pay, the goal. Real pace. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I, I think, think he's, he's, a... he's come up from the non-league, you know, Coventry, so on and so forth. So he's going to appreciate the chance. And if you could pick him up for 35 million, I mean, you know, who knows? Because he, he'll pull off, pull off the last line. He's going to get, you know, all respect to ball, but he's going to get a lot better service. Yeah. You know, from, you know, Hazard yeah. as opposed to uh, Junior Stanislas, whoever it is. So, you know, Callum Wilson, Vardy, don't think so. I think Vardy's not a busted flash, but I think he's on the on the way down. He's that he lost that little edge of pace that he had, I think. Yeah. So I, I you know, take There's a little else out there that I can see. Yeah, yeah. Shane, Shane Long, get him in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's somebody can score. Two goals in sixty-one matches. He's got. Yeah. He's like Chris Sutton. Well, I, I, there, was a, there was a couple of seasons. And they'll both be against us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Own goals. Yeah, a couple of seasons ago when. Um, uh, when when Charlie Austin was sold, um, I was like, yeah, fucking hell, five million quid or whatever. We don't get him. He's in form. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, he's, he's, I don't know where, how, how his form is now, but he's certainly gone up in my estimation since his rant. I, I, oh, that's like, hilarious. I like a yeah. ranting player. I really do. I like that shows um, balls. And, and, and Did you see the, um, someone's yes. put towards a um, common people, isn't it? Uh, is it common life. people? Park, no, life, park yeah. life, yeah, park life, and they actually yeah. showed it on South Today uh, a couple of nights ago, and said, you know, and it was very, very good because, yeah. um, you know, he has got that. He, I mean, how he never swore in that rant, I don't know. He's shown remarkable, yeah, yeah, for remarkable self construction because mm-hmm. he he was absolutely livid, like you know. But um, I think it's a difficult. One. If you need to go, Dan, then um, by all means, um, drop off. Um, okay, I've got, I've got. I've got another three, four minutes. If you want me okay. to drop off now, it's convenient. I'll go now. No, no, no. no, 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 no. I, was okay. in, I was enjoying your, 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 your insight into the, in, into the way you see our strikers, you know, and and and, and treat it, treat it as Fergie time. Yes, you know, yeah. Fergie yeah. All time, sorts yeah. of things, all sorts of fireworks. Yeah. Be happening well, well, as I call it, you know, wifey, look at me with a knife time. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be <laughs> it, it'll be three minutes into his four minutes, and and he'll suddenly have another brainwave about um, who we could go and get. <laughs> we like, can I just say? Can I just, can I just say about Morata? Um, his Premier League record is 42 appearances, 16 goals. Right. Yeah, so that's is that starts. Or... That's, um, it just says appearances here. Yeah, okay. I haven't I haven't had time to drill down as we statisticians. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so that's about, by my reckoning, um, that's sort of a goal every 
well, not three games, no. just between two and three games. Yeah. This season, he's made 11 appearances and got five goals, so he's on a goal every two games. So, right. His, I think people, there's so much pressure on these players, I mean, compared to, you know, you know, Kerry Dixon, whatever, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, and people think because he's on 150 grand a week, he's, he's immune from, you know, pressures, mental health, stuff like that. I mean, no, I don't. You, we we know that. I mean, I don't. The, I don't buy that, Dan. I think. You, oh, I know, Dan. But I think people, you know, people, yes. some, you know, less educated. People. Yes, I mean, they he, do. Yes. What are you moaning about? Stay. You're on 150 grand you a week. Your life's yeah, perfect, yeah. mate. Yeah. Well, you know, we you, there, there are plenty of cases of, of very wealthy people in all sorts of areas of business who who've, where mental yeah. health has, has been too have, much for them. All have all have the same brains, all have the same, you know, chance of yes. falling, you know, falling yeah. into that kind of thing. But apparently he said, I think one of the, I think Simon Phillips or one of the other journalists said Panny Murata is seeing somebody right. to get his head right. So I think he's yeah. probably acknowledged there's an issue. It's not Chidge, is it? Chidge is too close to hope. Chidge will say, sort it out. Talking of his head, would you care to, would you care to guess at how many of his uh, five goals in the Premier League? I know he scored goals elsewhere, but we're dealing just with the Premier League because the Premier League is the world's premier footballing competition, um, and it is the only thing that matters in the world. Yeah. Um, so he scored five goals. Would you care to tell me how many of those he scored with this head that is giving him so much? Zero. Trouble? None. Yeah, I think it's zero. I think. Do you, do you lot you lot watch Chelsea too much for my liking? <laughs> <laughs> he scored three with his right and two with his left. Left, oh right, yeah. okay, and, and one with his fanny. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, I quite, I'm, I'm still not ready to write him off yet. I, I just think no, I don't want to either. I think this he's is a pretty sick. One of you, it might have been Martin. You it might have been Martin who kind of alluded to, you know, has Sarri got a plan B? And and on Sunday against Everton, it didn't look like it to me. It just didn't look like. You know, there was this uh, this this Einsteinian. Uh, let's keep doing the same thing. Was it Einstein's definition of madness? You keep doing the same thing, expect a different result, and 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 that's what we were doing. Now, you know, mm. I, I still I, I maintain that Everton when they brought Jag Elker on, it, it was almost Sam Allardyce like, and it's this is you know we are going to hold what we have, and I, you know we could have been battering them for another hour. I don't think we could have scored. You know, they were well well drilled. Um, they they did their fair share of tactical diving, time wasting, etc. All those sort of Allardyce tactics that you would hate if you're a team like Chelsea, but would love if you were a team like Everton, you know. Um, and I just, I just, you know, I, I, I'm there with you, Dan. I think why couldn't you have, you know, either replaced Morata with um, uh, with uh, Giroud or bought Giroud on? I just thought giving them something else to, you know, think Christ, you know, um, it, it, it's a a strange one. I don't know, Martin. You've been quiet for a while. Any thoughts? Um, we we're talking about strikers and potential, you know, January signings. Um, I it's a long shot, but um, I believe the Edison Cavani at PSG is a bit ah. put yeah. put out with um, the Mbappe and Neymar loving in that particular team. And ah. I I know he played for Napoli, admittedly not under Sarri, but. Um, He's prolific, and if he was available, I'd be disappointed yeah, if Chelsea weren't looking in, looking yeah. out for him. We were in tall, we're, mobile. From, yeah, he went from a few years ago, and he he's a real beast of a player, isn't he? I mean, you know, defenders yeah. defenders hate him as well, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Fair, yeah. Know, One player I wish we could have gone for was Levetti before he went to Japan or China because I thought he was a great player. Yeah, 
Edison is a fabulous name as well, isn't it? Yes. To have have a player in your team called Edinson is just, you know... Yeah. It's almost like, you know... Edinson. Sorry. And if he was to score against Man City, he'd be Edinson yeah. beating Ederson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, no I, I've been I'm living no on Twitter. Sorry, don't. And you just... Oh, my word. Goal snatching. You've just left me with an air shot. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> days. No, don't know, you, you've just beaten uh, 10 men across the ball and Martin's tapped uh, it from a yard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was going over own. the line anyway. Yeah. I've gone off from my own on the celebration as well. And we're all hugging Donal right now. We're giving you sideways said all looks there, Martin, now. Kind of how Cavani feels at PSG. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So uh, it, it would be interesting, I, I think, because in January there's, there's a, uh, there, there, as we know, very few world, you know, players come up for grabs in, in January. But you know, I seem to remember we we've made two, what I would call, s- stunningly brilliant, uh, yeah, January buys in the past. One of them was Nicholas and Elka, and the other one was um, uh, Torres. Uh, uh, no, um, Branners. Um, but yeah, uh, Ivanovic. Yeah, Ivanovic. He was, you know, and I, 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 I actually believed at the time that um, he was a completely made-up well. player. Huh? Well, Ivanovic didn't play for six months, did he? No, I mean, and that's he... why I, I thought he was like the, you know, because I, uh, oh, I still am pretty convinced that badgers don't exist. I, you know, I, I see them dead in the road and think someone's just painted another animal with a white stripe, because you never <laughs> see the fuckers when they're awake, right? Um, and so that's... you know. I've never, I've never seen a living badger, so I don't believe they exist. And I was like that with Ivanovic. He did not exist. So, he was, so a, he was an avatar. Trains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, so there is a possibility there. But I think when you come to strikers, you either, like you said, dip into uh, you dip in and you take a chance on someone like Callum Wilson and you really strike lucky. Uh, because that mm. could be like a Harry Kane appointment. Uh, uh, how much does it, do his ACLs matter if they... If they you know, he would go through a medical. If the medical staff, as they did with Barclays, we've done with other players. Um, well, you know, yeah, that, I think they learned from Torres, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yeah. Um, uh, um, and I think some, you know, some players, you know, maybe Callum Wilson isn't at uh, the, the level where he thinks he has the psychological problem that comes with injury like that. You know, we all know a player can break his leg and come back, and he knows the, you know, that bone is as strong, if not stronger, than it was before. Soft tissues are very, very different thing and I always think yeah. a player who's had an ACL will get a twinge in their knee at some point doesn't matter when and they'll be thinking shit is, is it about to go again do you know what I mean and and yeah. it can hold Michael Owen I think and I can't remember who oh, I was discussing he, this with, he, 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 he had a, sport, a fantasy. and he had you know kind of yes heard, uh, yeah after he had after World Cup I think it was quite a really kind of very interesting interview about how yes. he completely changed his everything yes. about his game he basically because, said that he hid he hid in games yeah. And um, you, you you wonder, and I, I was talking to somebody about that in, in, in the cock and saying it was really fascinating. Uh, it kind of changed my view of him a bit as well because I always think he's a bit yeah. bland or whatever. But and suddenly you've got this scratched under the surface and found this guy who, in his own words, used to hide in games because he was so scared that it would go again. And he knew that he, he couldn't get the pace back. He was too scared to... To, to, to run at the full kilt that he could, you know, the yeah. full pelt that he could do before. So it's quite an interesting one. So um, I'm going to move the conversation on. If Dan, if your dinner's sizzling nah, away there. Sh- 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 can I, can I just make... Oh, yeah. She's going to get a slap. It's not ready yet. <laughs> can, I just, can I just make one more 
Yes. Because, because my my joke was taken away from me in such cruel <laughs> circumstances. Um, <laughs> I would, jokes committee. <laughs> I yes. would like to, I would like to just add that if we did get Edinson Cavani, <laughs> he would possibly, a bit like his almost namesake, he would light up. The Premier League. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Dear, oh dear. Oh, thank and, you. Yes. You're here. You're here all week. Yeah, drum. I'll get my. There you this, 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 this bongos playing at the back it's, of my ears now. It's, it's the way you tell them. Yeah. There's, tum- um, there's tumbleweed outside. Yes, but um, I'll give you that because that's the level of, of of which I think would get you a Twitter ban if you were to put that sort of thing out. You know, they're getting very strict on on uh, on a stealing jokes and then making unbelievably bad ones afterwards. There's no danger of that because I spend all my Twitter life just uh, espousing Nazi views and uh, engaging <laughs> yeah. in dog whistle politics. Oh, you'll be fine. And so you're yes. perfectly safe. Yeah, you'll be absolutely fine. I think, I think yeah. that was what, what got me done was there was a particular thing about um, Farage had made some reference to Germany and, and, and comments about the war and, you know, this is why the war was fought to stop Germany. And it was so racist, xenophobic, jingoistic and such a hark back to that kind of 1950s of Germans were all, you know, Freddie Stahl, Stan Boardman type attitude towards them uh, to, to Germans in, in general and I think I just went on one and said you racist, xenophobic, blah 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 C word, C word, C word or whatever Nigel yeah, to, yeah and I think I think that, that you know, uh, someone somewhere must have gone, because you only have to be grasped up by somebody who doesn't agree with you what you should have done what you should have done Tony is you should follow the example of the um, the Dutch um, the Dutch woman in the European Parliament who just I think casually yes. passed reference to uh, to the fact that he got two German passports yes. for his children yes yeah. and a French sometimes, girlfriend or something sometimes and... subtlety is better yes yeah 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 I mean um, but yeah. I, I, I go let's, let's before we before I get to um Yes, we'll move on. Back to the football. So, um, uh, something else I think that that, that just struck me this season, and it was, um, we don't, we we seem to have, we had this in the Champions League, we seem to have this um, lag that occurs after a European game. It's even more uh, probably noticeable now, especially after a trip to Belarus and back. And I just wonder whether that impacted the Everton game. Certainly against Palace, when Palace got the equaliser, we were looking pretty flat. Um, and I mentioned it on the fan cast that week and said that there was, I think it was 21 minutes to go. Um, and, uh, he brought on Hazard and, um, Kovacic for Barkley, I think at that point. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen a group of fans like Crystal Palace shut up when they saw Hazard coming on. I mean, not only did it lift us, lift the players, generally lift the team against Palace, but it completely, you, you, you know, just the sense I got was if had I been in that Palace crowd, I would have been one of many going, oh, bollocks. <laughs> but it was nice while it lasted, you know. Um, and, and Hazard did come on, and he did change the game immediately. And uh, and I, I, I just wonder whether there is this lag after these European games. Is it just me? Am I the only one who thinks this? Or am, am I just being bloody stupid? Well, I because actually... I mean, people go, you know, Thursday, Sunday. Well, same as Wednesday, Saturday. You know, I, don't, I just for me it's a bit of a misnomer because you know people play Wednesday to Saturday. What's the difference? Certainly for a home match, Thursday to Sunday. Mm. 
yeah, that was a good point. I, I don't know. I, I, I seem to think, I seem to remember after Champions League. Naming, circadian, circadian yeah. rhythms, circadian rhythms. Oh, See, I knew you'd bring some science into it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's become it's become a deal because the media make it a deal Thursday Sunday. I mean, yes, Mitchell was a is a long trip, and he perhaps didn't need to take, you know, everyone out there. Well, at least hopefully now we qualify where we we go to our video. We can have like some of the, you know the longer way to kids get their chance because you know if we beat Park at home, we definitely qualify, definitely top, and then it's, yeah. just a, it's a dead rubber, especially the Christmas period coming up. You want to almost not take any of the first team out there. I mean, he did play a strong team against Barte, which surprised me. Which, me too. Yeah. yeah. He played a strong team away at Barca and away at Pauk, and both times this following Sunday we've had a goalless draw, one against West Ham, one against Everton. Right. And yeah, and both times, certainly at West Ham, I think we ran out of ideas after half an hour, and the Everton game last Sunday we were distinctly second best in the first half. So yeah, I I have no scientific insight into why um, they look leggy or a bit knackered but it certainly appears that way yeah. Yeah. So I think specifically for the away games there's two things here one is um, it was said when Sarri was being taken on as a coach that he was a coach who tended to play very much this, you know, a small squad of players and play all his players regularly and therefore while to us it may be a surprise that you would put out such a strong team away against these teams partly I suppose he's got one an eye on at least getting to the later rounds because he wants to keep his job, but also that's that's the way he works. Yeah. And and secondly, you know, if I was a, a fundamentalist Christian pastor from some small town in Alabama, I'd say that um, by disrespecting the Lord's Day and playing on a Sunday, it's merely God taking his revenge <laughs> on our unchristian practice yes. of engaging in sporting activity. Yeah, Jewish man. shouting, that could be like somebody on Twitter we all hate. Yes, I mean... Oh, I, he, I, he blocked me, I can't comment. Yeah, oh, no, oh. He's blocked me on both my accounts. Is this, uh, sorry, is this Mr Goldberg? Incredible! I just, I didn't even, I didn't even swear at him. I, don't no. know, I, I know what I said, but I didn't swear at him. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think, if you don't like him, he'll block you. Yeah, yeah well, I don't I, like him, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so well done. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I mean, I think, there's a parody account as well, going around about him as well. Yeah, yes, I mean, I look it's at as funny as getting kicked in the testicles. Yeah. <laughs> I promptly ignored it. I, yeah. I look at I look at those those that, that kind of Sunday game, and I did wonder about the fact that we. I mean, there was that you just interestingly said that he likes a small squad and he you know doesn't use many players. But I mean, wasn't the year we won under Conte when we won the Premiership? Wasn't that did we not use the least amount of players not only that season but for a Premiership winning team? I think there was some. Uh, there was also there was also no European football when we went yes. out of the League Cup quite early, which yeah. helped in that respect. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Because I mean, the first I think, time we've you know, been I'll in the be second quite, round for 20 years as yeah, well. I, I think it's impossible for any team to compete properly in all four competitions, the three domestics and a European one. I think you, you, you're really struggling with a, a squad of 23 or whatever it is, um, you know, to, 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 to rotate it and, and still have that depth of quality. Like I said, City do seem to have a capability, and maybe the winning thing is, they, you know, there's very little dissent. Um just going to quickly move on now because there's a little bit of politics I want to do uh, 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 around the club. But um, Dan, will we win the Premier League or will it just be top four? Top four. I can't see past City. Right. Will we win the Europa League, Dan? Yeah. I've got money on it. I think we've got a very good chance to win it. I think we'll definitely get very deep into it. 
Yeah, okay then. Um, yeah. Even even if Tottenham drop into it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, I know. I, mean, I know you love Spurs, mate. Depends really... where they play as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they'll like they always do. They'll probably get you know. Yeah, Martin. I'm just hoping they get another 300 million pounds. So they've got to sell Harry Kane to us. Well, that that I mean, that conversation came up today again with this. You know, this this guy was that it saddled in the car with for a while about the fact that you know, um, say. You know, he he knows somebody through his West Brom contacts. He knows somebody at Spurs or whatever. And, and basically, you know, Wembley have given them carte blanche to um, play there till the end of the season. And I didn't realise this, but Spurs have they have a number of test games to go through with uh, ten thousand, yeah. yeah, twenty thousand test events. Yes, same as same as Wembley did when yeah. it was going up. They had to run test events. I live in I at, I live in the London Borough of Brenton. When the test events were going on, we were invited to come. I think it was to watch a under twenty ones international or something like that. Yeah, it's to test egress and safety. Yeah, and my, other, my, other my uh, members of my family are season ticket holders uh, at Tottenham, and they were amusing me on Saturday night by saying that uh, on on a lot of Spurs you know, um, websites and, you know, on Twitter and all over the place, there's thousands of Tottenham season ticket holders saying that they're prepared to sign a legal document that means that they don't care if they burn to death, get crushed, <laughs> whatever else. They just want to stop having to schlep over to Wembley all the time. Get, get electrocuted washing yeah. your hands in the bolts yeah. and things yeah. like that. They and don't also, care. They'd yeah, rather yeah. die also limited to at half-time yeah. than to keep going to Wembley. And they're also limited to 51,000 as well now because yeah. of certain number of games that can be played, they can only have up to 51,000 yeah. for their remaining games. Our oh, game's right. one of the last ones that will be played yeah. full capacity, apparently. All oh, right, OK. Um, I'll, I'll do the uh, where we finish with you, Donald Martin, a bit later on. So sure. you're you're still there, Dan, just for a second or two before you do disappear. Before yeah. She finally uh, comes out and says your dinner's not quite in the. I think this must be some sort of slow pot roast type thing because we were told we were told yes. eight thirty. Yeah, emphasis on slow here. Is this some sort <laughs> yeah. of slow? No, Dan, yeah. Dan, I mean, what, what it is is is, is, is I think she got yeah. lost trying to find the kitchen. That's her yeah. problem. Yeah. I think that Dan's wife is is one of the contractors. <laughs> I, didn't know I, that. I think she's one of the contractors. No, at, at Spurs Stadium as well I think it's just now culturally ingrained so in her that she's not going to be delivered on time more like Mr O'Reilly from 40 Towers I'm going to see Mr O'Reilly <laughs> yes yes yeah 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 um, Dan you're, you're on the yeah. uh, Chelsea Supporters uh, Trust um, yeah and, and, and you know you sort of obviously meet and whatever now um, is there any news at all on um, you know what could potentially be happening with the ground? Any rumours that you've picked up on? Because uh, you know, I'm still quite, I'm still smarting from the postponement of it. I still think we will, we will be a less attractive club with a less attractive ground than others in London, and it, it, it kind of worries me a little bit. Yeah. There was, there was a rumour that I was caught had to come back into the frame because there's been an almighty cock up there with whatever they were planning to do. Um, and obviously, so they ran out, ran out of money, I think, haven't they? Yeah, and I think there's this thing about, you know, well, if, if we go there, it's, it would be cheaper to build and we can keep playing at Stanford well, yeah. until, you know, the day we go in there. Yeah, because and... they haven't got locked down and everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Uh, um, no, there's nothing, you... there's, nothing, there's nothing confirmed. I think, I think the general feeling is something will happen, but not, nothing this side of Christmas. Right. Um, I think the plan is still, still to build. But I think, obviously, you know, economic reasons... Is, is 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 why nothing's happening. Well, I think, uh, I, I think there, there has you know, to be an impact from from Brexit. Uh, you know, I, I guess the whole construction industry is sitting there thinking, will we be able to, you know, 
resource it labour-wise. You know, no matter how you subcontract it out, there was there's still a a, a fair amount of foreign, foreign labour. Um, you know that that was being yeah. used in in that industry, so maybe that's part and parcel of it. I, I I don't know, Donal and Martin, whether you've got anything on this, but um, I, I know there's a there's a fairly it's a very marmite subject with Chelsea fans. I, I, you know, there's um, people who say we must stay where we are. My my mate who I go up with, with he's like, we don't need more than forty thousand. We'll never sell more than forty thousand. I'm like, well, I think that's wrong. I think actually, you, if, you know, uh, as, as football tourism grows, which it inevitably will, when the money keeps getting poured into it stupidly, Chelsea will want people in that club room. They will want people in that uh, rather crap shop who spend three, four hundred pound a time, and it's the tourists that do it. It isn't Martin Wickham. It isn't, um, you know, Donald Foley or Dan Dan Silver. It isn't me. I don't buy a drink in the, in the club. I. I'm, I get given a drink. Well, if that's a decent deal, I would. Well, yes. I think, but I think there's this whole thing that season ticket holders oh, post up that money, and then we go to the cock, and then we go to the Atlas, and yeah. you know, if we if we buy because it, if we buy anything, we, we might buy it from Marco's stall, you know, because there's a book or something. But you know, we're not. But part of me, to... part of me, Tony thinks that, and, and I'm sounding like an old-fashioned twat here, but I remember when I went to Bilbao many years ago and went to the San um you know. You just went to the, the. There was nothing in the ground. I, I remember, and this was in the nineties. Even the program was a bit like just a something you'd pick up at the local, um, uh, you know, the local. Often, some two sort of, page, two page, wasn't it? Yeah, a little two page thing that, that they'd hand you out in in in. You know, local jumble sale. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and the whole thing, the whole experience was about, you know, being in the locality around the stadium and then going to the stadium to watch football. Now, I know that doesn't necessarily help the team in terms of finance, but part of me thinks that I like going to Chelsea, um, apart from my love and adoration for the team, um, is, and, and it, it's obviously changing a lot is that you used to go down, you know, it was the Fulham Road, it was the King's Road, it was all the pubs, the, the, the cafes, the restaurants, all those things around there, and then you went to watch football. Um, and so part of me thinks it's, it's better to go to the cock than, than, you know, drink in a, you know, have a plastic glass in a, in yeah. a crowded thing. You know, um, my personal belief is that, is that the, the, the project was, was going from two to three to four years I'd love, you know, I think staying at Stamford Bridge is, you know, is the number one thing in many ways. But I don't see how you can build a new 50,000, 60,000-seat stadium there. You know, four years away, you know, as I say, listening to Tottenham fans, going to, schlepping to Wembley, you know, just for a year, it's, it's, they found that a deeply depressing experience. And, yeah. And also, we have a couple of bad yeah. seasons. In year three, it could be it could be horrendous. Yeah, and it's you know, I, yes, Earl's Court I think is attractive if there was an opportunity to go there. I know you can't just let the whole stadium rot around us forever, but that whole thing of having to take the whole thing down, dig down, go back over the railway—a great plan. But it would, where would we go for four years? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. and the money because yeah, it over over a billion quid. You know that that's that didn't make financial sense. You know, there's no way you get that investment back. You know, you've got to be able to build no, a chance, no, because less than a billion. 
billion quid. Yeah, you know, well, Spurs has been great watching brief, and they didn't have a complete build, rebuild, did they? No. no. Spurs have gone massively over budget. Yeah. It's been an absolute nightmare for them. Yeah. Mm. And, and yeah. to be fair, most grounds have ended up similarly, haven't they? You know, I, I think it's... It's just something we don't do particularly well, but um, yeah. I think, it just I think concerns you... me when you're trying to attract top players as a top team. They want to play in the top. They they want to play in a top stadium. That you know that's part and parcel of the pull, I think. And um, if you fall behind the likes you know, of West Ham, money and, as well. Well, yeah, but they you know they if you tell, say to a player, would you rather play in front of forty thousand or sixty five thousand? Um, you know the top players say sixty five thousand. Would you rather have three hundred grand a week or two hundred grand a week? I think it's well, money. I think Chelsea yeah. said, you know, they're training. They're training in top facilities down at Cobham. They're getting paid very well. Yes, you know, to me, if you've got forty thousand people close to the pitch, giving it some serious ammo, I think that I, I yeah, if players are realists, not everyone can play in the Burnabout or, or or whatever. You know, the Camp Nou. Players are having. Good quality players are going to play in Germany. You know, you're not playing it in front of a hundred thousand people mm. there every week. Yeah. You know, in, in in Italy, in Spain, a lot of clubs in Spain, you're not playing in front of those. I think as long as you're playing in front of committed fans who won't turn up at the training ground and beat the shit out of you when you lose, and you're getting paid well, I, you know, I think it's it's the opportunities. If if it's a club that's regularly going for trophies, yeah. winning leagues in Europe. They'll still come to Chelsea. I, I guess I'm just Definitely. looking at it from a point of view that football's changing. Um, you know, if play for a club, not a stadium. Personally. Yeah, but I, 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 just mean, look, a, I look at it. A, I look at it in the context of, you know, this much devised um, uh, and denigrated Super League idea that's come back up again, which which has come from somebody, somewhere, someone, you know, somewhere has, has leaked that or done something, and you have 15 clubs. Um, and, and you, I don't think you could live with a 40,000 seat stadium when everyone else is on 60 odd thousand in that league. And, and, and I yeah. also appreciate it's, well, I, I think, it's, I think it will be football's carry back a moment, but you know, I, I think it's because all the money's coming from telly, Tony. It, whether you've got 40,000 or 60,000, and remember 60, 60,000, that stadium that Chelsea were going to build, an awful lot of that extra seating was going to be corporate. Yeah, I mean, of course it is, but corporates will pay stupid money to, to, to entertain people. They will. They, they just will. And yeah, but I, but I, it's still the telly, it's the TV money. Yeah. That, that, that. So I, I, I detected a level, you know, if, if it was such a bad thing, why did Arsenal do it? Why have, have other teams gone for the bigger stadium? They, they, are they wrong and we're right? I, I, that's the bit that, that doesn't seem right No, no, right but, but Arsenal, Arsenal were able to Arsenal move down the road. Yeah. Arsenal were able to move down the road. So they were able to build the stadium. They were able yes. to sell their place. Yeah, um, yeah and offset well, it. And, uh, as, as you're saying, maybe it backfired on them because of the, the financing, etc., etc. But in, in reality, they were able to stay in their locality. Yeah. Were, and it comes back to my earlier point. I think Arsenal pretty much got built reasonably to budget. There's one firm, and that's McAlpine's. I don't work for them, but they seem to have been associated with most of the successful stadiums. Yeah. They built the Millennium Stadium to time and budget. Arsenal was was pretty much, I think, to time and budget. Yeah. They were the they were the people who advised Ken Bates not to do what he did at Wembley, and look what happened with that. Um, yeah. You know, 
we're trying to build a stadium in situ in a tight little area surrounded by a railway along which atomic waste is carried. Yes. Uh, yeah. Only you know, us. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but drive it past our base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, yes, if we can build something in Earl's Court um, relatively cost-effectively, then fine. But I think if you're going to pay over... You know, it's going to cost us one and a half times what it costs anyone else because of where it is and what you have to do to make that stadium bigger. And much as I, it pains me, I don't know that that's a sustainable thing to do. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyone else want to just jump in on that one? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm still disappointed. So you're not going to take my disappointment away from, I think, you know, the fact that I was looking forward to having the best stadium in Europe. Mm. Tony, I wouldn't want to take your disappointment away from you. In the long, dark winter nights ahead, yes. you have to have something to gnaw on and yeah. drive yourself and, and, mad. And, 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 and I fair, don't want to be the person to take that away no. from you. Well, you, you've, you've had something taken away from you tonight, you know, and, and I know how that feels. <laughs> 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 uh, Taps on that note. Yes, listen, Dan. Thank you very much. We're, we're, we're only going to go on for another five, five or so minutes. Okay, so, but uh, okay. cheers, Dan, and thanks very much. I'll speak to you later, mate. All right. Proof that we bye record bye. this live. Um, his wife's come in. Um, the rolling pin is in her hand, and she's sitting there saying that dinner's been sat there for ten minutes. What the? F- what are you doing? You know. Um, and Dan, like any good husband, has, has, has disappeared off into it. Um, I, 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 so I take the points about the stadium. Um, we still have no movement on a director of football. Uh, anyone got a thought on that? I, I, I still see uh, Michael Ballack there, week in, week out. I, I can't help thinking that they're lining him up for something. I don't think it would be Ballack. I mean, I've not heard anything on a route on the grapevine or anything like that, but I would imagine someone coming into that role has to have proven, you know, done a proven CV of actually yeah. doing that role elsewhere. I found, I found out today, Mark, because yeah, Manchester United are appointing the director of football, um, which, of course, that could go down with Jose, I imagine. Um, Indeed. Um, but that's uh, allegedly because, partly because of the rift that's between, you know, the board and, and, and Mourinho, because, you know, they... they trying to do football operations as well as business operations but um, it's just interesting if a club like Manchester United are looking to go down that route so successfully deployed by Manchester City as we know and arguably uh, Liverpool and Spurs who both have similar situations I you know, just wonder whether we because we still have this idea that the, the people do doing the business aspect of it the, the sales the purchases the merchandising the marketing or whatever are also the same people that are going out and saying Mr. Manager, look who we've bought you. And, uh, yeah, and that needs the operations need to be separated apart. Yeah, and I'm I'm very surprised that Manchester United operate in that way for as long as they did. It doesn't surprise me, sadly, that Chelsea are still sticking to the model because um, probably even though things are a little bit maybe a little bit calmer on the surface because we're um, doing well again. There's probably still the same. Um, Russian-style politics going on in the boardroom. Yeah, yeah, and we have a propensity to, to um, uh, as Donal said, we have got you know splinters up our arse when the times are good because we know we're not far from tipping over into the into the cesspit that's on the other side. You know, oh yeah, it could, you know, yeah, yeah. It I mean, season, season, yeah, season, a bit like yourself um, in your, you know, in your quest to find the badger wandering the streets in daylight. We. <laughs> 
<laughs> we um, this non-existent we, animal, yes. You know, we Chelsea watchers, we're, we're we're probably too early at the moment. But come about April May, you know, if things are still rocking along really well, and of course, one of my great fears is once we lose one game, we'll never win another game all season. But that's <laughs> my own personal nightmare. <laughs> yes, no, I'm, were, I'm, were, I'm sharing that one with you right now. <laughs> were, were we to have a sort of Conte-like, you know, first season, and you know, do really well? I, somewhere around, I presume, April to May time, you know, as, as the season's winding down and looking at players and players coming and going, etc., you know, we will all be looking at the Telegraph and those other places where Chelsea's PR people start placing their articles through well-known journalists. We'll start to hear the stories about who Sarri's upsetting or where Sarri's shortcomings are or, you know, what Sarri wants. And you'll know then that the usual nonsense has started. You know, Sarri has been too successful. He's gaining too much influence. There are people in ah, within yes. Chelsea who, who've Power got too, plays. too many fingers. You know, a, no, their agent mates are getting upset because, yeah. you know, so-and-so won't look at their players or wants to hoof some other players out, people are being ignored, you know, and that's why you'll never have a director of football, I think, because there are too many people at the top of that organisation, some we know, some we don't, who want to keep influencing what happens with, yeah. with the footballing yeah. side from, from a fine, purely God, from a financial point of view. Is, you could write a Sunday night political intrigue thriller about this, couldn't you, really? I, I, especially the way you've just described it, Donald. <laughs> If we really? never have another podding shed this season, we have to have one the day after the first, shall we call it, uh, f- little flag goes up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, so I think, all, I don't know, all is not well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I'll be honest with you, I'm looking to do another one in probably uh, two or three weeks. I, I, I'm at the Fulham game. Um, I'm not at the City game. I'm going to be uh, on an, uh, another little break to Berlin, my favourite city in the entire world. Um, uh, and it's Christmas, so Berlin is particularly um, uh, heartwarming and, and a nice place to be at that time. And free, freezing cold. And freezing. Well, we, we, the last couple of times we've been there, it, you know, we've had that kind of mixed weather. We've had at least one day, at least one day in the weekend where... If you were wearing fingerless gloves, you would probably end up looking like Sir Ranulph Fiennes or whatever in the fact that you would be stumpy um, because it's so bloody bitter. Yeah. I, 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 I was brought up watching Steptoe and Son, and, and I, I can never I can never feel comfortable with the concept of the fingerless gloves. It speaks to me of grumpiness and poverty. And yes. I, just, I can't go with it. Why it's such a perfect fit for me. Um, but I, 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 do actually, I do actually see that, um, that, that we, like I said, each time we've been, we've been to Berlin, I think this is going to be our third or fourth time, and there's been one day which has been so fucking cold that you think, I'm, I'm glad I've got a beard, I could, because I just feel sorry for those people who don't, because they must be um, barely able to open their jaws with the bitterness of it. But it's such a lovely city. So I, I, Dan has um, has got somebody to take my ticket that day. Um, a guy I met on uh, on Sunday actually in the cock, a, a lovely fella. Um, and I think um, uh, I'd like to get something in either after Fulham. Um, I'm hoping to get a spare ticket for my son-in-law. So if anybody here has any spares going, he's a Fulham fan. But um, 
he knows when to keep his mouth shut if he has to sit in the Chelsea end. Um, but he's I, was also... sad, I was sad to see the Joker go today. That was a bit upsetting. I quite well, like him. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think I think when you're into November and you're rock bottom and you can't beat Huddersfield, yeah. um, I think yeah. that's probably telling you something about your capabilities at that, yeah. that level. I don't know. I, I, he, he, I, I wonder he, what went wrong because they, you know, I thought they did quite well. But too many, too many players, and I think well, the sound of it, disgruntlement behind the scenes because a lot of the players that brought them up were kind of left on the sidelines. Yeah. And it's funny you should say that, but my friend Bob, who I go to football with, in, you know, we, we car share or whatever, says exactly the same. So they would have been better off going and getting three or four players, mm. strengthening the squad rather than this kind of, you know, massive spend and, and then bringing these players in and and, and almost it, so the disgruntlement, like when Conti said, you know, I didn't get the players I wanted, so I'm going to put up with you lot, um, that kind of thing, um, yeah. you know, breeds. They, they, they needed to buy a quality central defender, which is the one. Area they didn't mm. seem to strengthen. I mean, them, I'm but... intrigued. Yeah, Martin, I saw your tweet today. You know, um, we would have preferred that if Fulham could have just waited until yeah, after just they a couple played of weeks us, rather than bastards. yeah, yeah, rather than rather than you know, bringing in Ranieri, which will I think will be their first game on it after the international break. Surely, it, um, no, it'll it'll be the first. Uh, he plays. I think Fulham play Chelsea and Leicester like one week after the other. Right. And oh, okay. Yeah. So. Oh, does he? Does it really? Yes. You can't make that up, can you? That's yeah, I, I'm a man of science and logic. Yeah, I'm a man of science and logic, but sometimes fate leaves me bereft. Mm. I just sit there thinking that can that that's there has to be some scientific that, explanation. That's why it. we're all that's why we're all contributing five million pounds to Mr. Scudamore <laughs> for his for his goodbye oh, clock or whatever it is we're buying yeah. for him on his way oh, out. That's, that's a joke as well. That Jesus is, Christ. I mean, you know, when, when, that's when you know the game has got too much money rolling around in it when they say the chief exec is leaving, we think he deserves a five million pound Whip round, God! Yeah. I mean, we've had we've had CEOs, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, where I work at Vodafone, we've had CEOs, uh, and the only one I can ever remember um, getting a kind of goodbye present and a card and everything was guess who, Guy Lawrence, the current CEO at Chelsea. Mm. He was the only one that had that kind of ability and, and uh, empathy with staff, you know, and. You could go up to him. You could sit in the cafe and go up to him and say, "I've got a great idea, guy," or "I'm skint. Can you buy me a cup of coffee or whatever?" Um, I think it's it's fascinating the lack of embarrassment. You know that Scudamore is quite happy for for this to become public knowledge. It's it's a Philip Green like, isn't it? You think he'd stand up on your hind legs and go look? You know, it's up there with Raheem Sterling's tripping himself up and saying, "No, it was a penalty, wasn't it?" You know. A signed, a, a, a signed card and a John Lewis voucher, <laughs> and I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, happy with well. Argos vouchers, let alone John Lewis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, and, and um, I was it. trying to, well, you know, the Premier League it is the the classiest football competition in the world, yeah, well, or so we're told. Yeah. Well, you know, Argos vouchers, no, John Lewis, I think. <laughs> John Lewis, never, right, never yeah. a bit like the Premier League, never knowingly <laughs> undersold. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear! But um, we're, I, I look forward to seeing. Um, it's not the first time Claudio's been back as a, an opposing manager, um, mm. but I do. Th- I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think it's a bit of a poison chalice. I suppose he's got 
he's got that winning experience behind him now. And, and and when when Leicester sacked him, I think they were just about turning it into a, you know, a, 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 things had started to look up. And and, and of course, um, they, the Leicester, well, the Leicester owner now the, the departed Leicester owner, you know, sort of mm. um, pulled the trigger there. Um, but I think you know it wouldn't have been nice to you would have gone into that game with a Kanovic in charge probably as a banker. And now you've got new manager bounce in front yeah. of you, um, and, and, he, and he will be able to organise them defensively yes. far better. So yeah. it could be yeah. that could be a bit more attritional than I was expecting I, this I, time. I, yesterday. I did wonder. Yeah, I did wonder whether Yukanovic was actually a bit of a, a kind of Neil Warnock character, and he's he's going to be sort of fated to just be the the guy who goes and brings clubs up. He did it with Watford, and they they mm. let him go. But I think that was a that, that was an Eddie McCready. I, I'd like a bigger. There was, Carl, a, there was a contract dispute yeah. involved there. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, you know, um, and I was glad to see him come up, an ex-Chelsea player come up. You know, with 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 a, mm. a friendly local rival. You know, we're not we're not in sort of any sort of deep hatred with them. But and now I just sit there thinking, bloody hell, um, Christ! You know, new manager bounce. But we'll see. I mean, we're theoretically, I think we're a, you know on paper we are you know a, a much much better team. Um, I'm going to move it on now, chats. We've been going a little while longer than I expected, but yeah. that's a good thing. So I'm just going to do the parish notices. Um, which is, um, if you've enjoyed listening to the uh, the four of us and then the three of us, uh, you can pick this up on, on iTunes and you can download it and carry it around in your iPod or your listening device of choice. Um, uh, it's great if you can go on and give us some ratings. I've no idea why. Um, it's always marked up as uh, not safe for work, I think, because the occasional curse gets out there, you know. Um, but we have refrained. We've only referred to the C word as the C word tonight and, and, and not actually ever used it. Um, you can also go to uh, just type in poddingshed.com um, and you will find every episode um, that's ever been recorded there. Um, uh, there's a potential Easter egg in there to find the the phantom one that we we so often like to talk about which i think was around about the time of um ida johnson's uh, the ghost goal um uh, i've also written here alex to plug her book here well unfortunately she's not on so um that's going to happen another time i urge you to look if you haven't um to go to um her weekly blog uh okay, i'm trying to think where uh twitter and uh, uh, at, at cfcgwlb um, she did a match report on uh, Sunday's game, which um, I have to say was head and shoulders, and it's not denigrating her previous work, but it was head and shoulders above everything else because it really was about the remembrance, her involvement in it, what she achieved um, in getting some uh, relatives and families together um, uh, to celebrate, you know, to, to remembrance and getting a pitch side seats and various things that had the club were involved in it. Have a read of it. It is very, very, it's interesting. It's inspiring. It's poignant. Um, and funny. And, uh, it's a, a real treat. Girl who likes balls. If you pod, uh, if you Google it or just find her on Twitter, you'll find a link to it. Um, we've got the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Dan is the, um, I think he's the head of the international relations side of it, so he gets to know all the American and Australian fans. Um, so, I mean, he's the, he's the equivalent of MI6. He is, he is, yes. Or, a, or, is he sort of George di- Smiley, really? Or the diplomatic core. It depends yeah, on your absolutely. on your outlook, I think, on that one. Um, but <laughs> he's the George Smiley. Oh, I bet he George, is, well, he George Smiley is another Twitter handle of a well-known Chelsea yes, fan. Yes, it is. So, yeah. It is, is, yes. Yes. Sorry, um, <laughs> but um, 
Uh, Dan is proof, uh, along with with uh, my friend um, David Chidgy and Chidge of the Fancast. Um, it, uh, if you join the trust, you will get your voice heard by the club. They have regular meetings with the club. It's a fiver. Um, if you want to become a voting member, um, it's free. If you want to be a non-voting member, but you don't get the little badge if you're a non-voting member. Uh, if you sign up, you sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. Um, that will allow you to attend the meetings, uh, go to the events. Uh, they had a particularly, uh, I think, well, they had one the other week with Henry Henry Winter attended um, in the upstairs at the Atlas. I think that's right. Um, and you get to vote on issues that directly affect you. Um, they have a yearly um, survey, um, and it's all the things. Outside of the football, it's you know ticket prices. It's um, one of their big things at the moment. Is one of my big things, which is um, scheduling. Um, you know this ridiculous penchant for Friday night football, Thursday night football, Monday night football, um, with little or no regard for what the fans want. Um, you can also follow them on Twitter. Um, their Twitter handle is at Chelsea S Trust. Um, at the next pod in shed will or even maybe in three to four weeks. I'm going to make a concerted attempt to get a December one in. So it'll either be post-Fulham or post-Manchester City. Um, I think uh, it might be a bit easier once we're, you know, Europa League stuff is over and done with and, and we can schedule in, um, you know, uh, the nights are a bit freer for people. Um, uh, but, you know, we'll always um, try and... Um, get round to doing one sooner or later we i promise not to leave it uh, so long next time um it's been great fun doing it and remember you know we still have our our strap line is we pod when we want um so it just remains for me to say uh good night um to uh the the two charming chaps that i've got um still on with me um uh donal um anything you want to add in before we um i was just off? going to say that um i believe um obviously there there's several famous people who went to my school Apart from myself, obviously, who's the most famous one, Peter Sellers, Michael Gambon. Um, but hell. Right, one, okay. one of the great alumni um, in terms of football, there was Gary Breen. Um, was none other than um, Island legend, the lovely yes. Joey Joey Cole, who I believe oh, has announced yes. his retirement from he football. Has. And, and as, uh, as remiss of me not to have got a mention a man so, a, a man who I, I loved watching yes. at Chelsea I, yeah. he wasn't always the crowd favourite but I loved him yes um, and, and, uh, and I'm glad you got wish that him there. very well I believe he many people have said he was a, and he is a very nice chap which yes. obviously you know anyone who went to my school he, he, a bit, and myself is a lovely chap he's actually been doing a bit more pundit work of late and he's he's i'm a bit surprised because he'd always struck me as a kind of the typical young lad who's absolutely obsessed by football at the expense of any kind of education i don't mean that in a rude way but you know, <laughs> that, that kind of... he went to saint aloysius college for yeah. thick Catholic boys like myself, yeah, he would so have right. also got a fine education. Yeah, so but I always, no, it's just an impression that I got, you know, that there was this kind of um, street urchinness yeah. about him. So um, I, I will say thank you very much, Daniel, for that. And, and I'm going to say, um, Martin, um, I'm probably sure you've got a word or two to say on Joe Carl. We should, I should have put that in the agenda, just you know, because he's a fine, fine player. I did go to the same school as Joe Cole, but we were born in the same hospital, believe it or not. Hey, uh, St. Ma- Mary's in Paddington, a um, couple of years apart, I believe. Um, I did actually want to say one thing else, actually. it was um, I found out last weekend that um, 100 years ago, Stamford Bridge hosted a um, baseball game. 
Really? Featuring, yeah, featuring, Amer- I think it was American Navy versus American Army. And it was organised because there were so many Americans, the American Army were in yes. Britain because of what the climax of World War One, yeah. And it was it was attended by um, King George V, which is obviously Alex's yes. um, subject, specialist yes. subject, and yes. one Winston Churchill. Good Lord. So, so between between baseball, Winston Churchill and George V, I don't know whether that day at Stanford Bridge is the subject of a book or a comedy. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll find out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Alex must know that. I'm sure she'd probably be able to write a novel around that. Um, she certainly wrote a novel that I read, um, which was she actually managed to beautifully shoehorn a reference to um, the, 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 the kind of hero of that book going to a Chelsea game. Um, you know, at Stanford Bridge, and I, I, I remember saying to her, I said, "That was that was beautifully put in there. It was just so, so it was so subtle." And I'm just reading it, thinking, "Yeah, you've managed to get Chelsea into your first novel." Um, she's writing a follow-up to it, um, but I believe the follow-up is going to be a prequel to that particular one. Um, it was a thoroughly enjoyable book, actually. Um, uh, and for you know, um, she, she's a deeply talented writer, and uh, I, 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 she, but she's also very deeply into into the history side so much so that um, i'm on the 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 battlefields tour that she's organizing next year for some 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 of the chelsea fans etc um i'm going to just before i before i sign us all off i'm just going to say i take it by battlefields you're not referring to a trip you know, round various parts of Bermondsey where no, Millwall in no, 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 so, and, um, so, you know, so, that type of thing. Yeah, slightly, slightly, about. slightly, slightly different battlefields. Um, it was oh, uh, an idea, okay, it's an idea that came up on the fan cast, I think, and um, I think Chidge is going, Johnny Dyer's going. Um, it sold it out. sounds like the longest pub crawl of all time. It, it, it very possibly is. I, I'm, I'm definitely the, going. The and, old, the old contemptibles ride again. What a great name. It definitely takes in um, Eep, uh, the Somme, Passchendaele, um, and the Meningate, I think, as well. Um, it's about four or five days in July next year, uh, and it will be riotous. I believe there's a couple of birthdays in, in there as well. With any luck, the weather will be somewhat more clement than the poor souls who um, you know sacrificed so much back in back in that you know that that dreadful war of attrition. Um, yeah. But you know, I think it's something that. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'll be quite honest with you. Sometimes I find the remembrance thing just, you know, whilst I, I think it's a great thing to do, every year I seem to be, I seem to spot more and more of this. My poppy's bigger than yours, therefore my respect is more, and it's becoming a bit too competitive for my liking in some areas. But um, yeah. you know, I think the the battlefields tour is something that my interest is slightly more contemporary history, which is why I like Berlin so much. But that. First World War, um, and, and I know we veered off of the football side of things, but I don't know if any of you saw the Peter Jackson thing on Sunday night, which was the I've got um, it recorded. I'm man, it recorded. Yeah. It, is, yeah. it is fabulous. Watch it. Make sure that you've got a box of man-sized tissues. You probably both have anyway for different reasons, but possibly comment. Do have it. Do have it there because it is. Um, it's it's very uh, and it's also very frank in parts. There are parts of it which will have you sitting there thinking, "Oh my word, is that how they used to do that?" You know, um, uh, talking, you know, latrines, etc. Um, some quite ah. graphic pictures in there as well, and they're in colour. Um, it's been brilliantly colourised. It, it 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 really is one of those that makes you think. You've gone from that Charlie Chaplin esque uh, waddling 
style of, of you know this is what it was like back then to a much more uh, makes it more some makes it brings it a bit more real. Is it? As Peter Jackson's actually said, it was it was about time these guys were brought into the modern day lives, and by by the fabulous use of technology. So when you get these um, when you get these luddites saying technology is bad, you know, sit them down in front of that film, you'll enjoy it. It's 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 enjoyable for all the right reasons, without being uh, it's not maudlin. It's just a bit poignant in parts. Um, I'm going to say a couple of words on Joe Cole. I thought he was a fabulous player. I thought he was the precursor. He had every. He should have been the the, the new Paul Gascoigne, but with more skill and um, uh, and more intelligence. Um, uh, a lovely bloke. I think when we bought him from West Ham, um, he was terribly misused when he first came over. You know that game against Monaco uh, under Claudio, when um, you know Claudio's wisdom he bought on Veron and uh, Joe Cole was probably sitting on the bench and just thinking just how bloody awful has everybody else got to be in this team before I get a crack at it um, but I will always remember him for the goal at Stamford Bridge versus Manchester United in a 3-1 win that gave us the Premiership where I think it was almost hazard-esque where he, I think he jinked, yeah. jinked past about four yeah. players and then uh, finished it beautifully uh, to absolute you know, had there been a roof on Stamford Bridge, it would have been permanently lost that day with that goal, much like Hazard's one against Arsenal. But um, yeah, a, a really good player. Uh, said some lovely things about Chelsea, and and um, appears to be you know uh, a key reason why we have got Eden Hazard um, and nobody else has at the moment. So I, th- mm. I think there's something to be said there. Um, that's it. Um, like I said, we'll be back in hopefully three or four weeks. It may be a different lineup. Don will be there. I will be hopefully bending Martin's arm because it's great uh, great value getting him on here um, and you know get another get another voice on um, and maybe I'll even manage to persuade Alex to uh, to come on and. And give us plenty of um, industrial. How language. much? How much money will it take to get the Kaiser back? Well, he he was due on for the last one, which we had to postpone. Yeah. I can't remember the number of different to, reasons. We need to offer more money. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I, I think I need to I need to um, double the number of farthings um, that I deposit in his um, in a brown paper bag oh. and, uh, and 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 you know uh, give to a stranger in order to to persuade him to come on. Um, I know he's got a busy life and and you know, yes. important to do, but. Yeah, if well, you see yes. it, just tell him. Tell him I was asking after him. Yes, I will do. I will. And, do. I, you know, do you know, the, uh, I've not. He's not been in his his regular seat in Stamford Bridge for a, this. I've not seen him at Stamford Bridge this season, uh, apart from one game. I think maybe the Liverpool game, um, mm. where he was in the cock before. But I normally look up to. He's normally quite. He's normally. He's pretty close to me. I've got um, him, um, Clayton. Clayton Beerman and Chidge all within, you know, almost stone chucking distance of, of each other in in, uh, yeah. in Matthew Harding upper. But uh, yeah, I will pass on my regards. Um, I'm, it's time to go. We've been going a while. Yeah. It's been a bumper edition. It's been great fun. Um, and mm. I will just say um, uh, a good night to you, Martin. See you later, Tony. Uh, and a good night to you, Donal. Yes, and I will play us out. I don't know if the music is going to be heard, actually, but normally I do some sort of old blokes country type music, but I've dug up. I, I know it's a modern, you know, kids type thing because it's got the name of it and then says features, and they always feature things in modern kids music. And it's, of course, undefeated. Oh, yes, you've got to do this. Yes, featuring Beacon Light. Of course, it won't work now, but once well, you've said uh, Well, basic breath, will... we, 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 we wait. We'll chuck it on. In the hope of not getting dead air. Yeah. All right. So you say your goodbyes and then I'll just throw this on. Uh, Yes. So, um, and it's goodbye for me. um, uh, And I promise not to be so slovenly going forward.
<laughs> he, he lied through his teeth. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. Happy yes, Christmas, goodbye. everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Q. I don't know. If I, I, I'm not sure this is actually going to work now. Uh, having talked it up big styly, um, it all seems to have. You need Can you hear that? Can't hear right, a thing, not. mate. No. No, it hasn't worked. Never, Never mind. mind. Never mind. We'll we, we'll take that as a sign that the next pod in shed will will mean we are still undefeated. Still, um, still yeah. undefeated. 